Hi everyone, welcome to OCBC Insights, our podcast discussing the latest economic trends and developments. My name is Izian, an analyst from OCBC's credit research team. In conjunction with our Credit Media 2020 podcast series, I'll spend some time today discussing the shifting fortunes for industry sectors and areas of vulnerabilities in the current environment for sing bonds. We started the year with a credit market that was showing traits of being in an expansion phase, with deterioration of credit metrics and stretch valuations in certain market segments. However, financing conditions were conducive, with borrowers generally having easy access to financing at relatively low cost. As the pandemic started spreading globally, public health considerations took priority over economic ones, restricted people movement internationally and domestically, closure of physical shop fronts and workplaces resulted in reduced economic activity globally. For the second quarter of 2020, Singapore's economy, which is highly reliant on external demand, contracted 12.6% year-on-year based on advanced estimates. The Sing corporate bond market is dominated by issuers in the property, financial services, so your banks and insurers, telecommunications and the airline sector. Globally, few economic sectors have been unaffected, and among those unaffected, they tend to be concentrated in the technology-related sectors, for example, e-commerce, cloud services, and outsourcing providers, which are limited in the SYNC corporate bond space as issuers. Within the SYNC corporate bond market, directly hit sectors include airlines, so SIA and Cathay Pacific, and hospitality issuers who own hotels and service residences. Travel and hospitality is highly reliant on the international mobility of people. Both SIA and Cathay Pacific have managed to obtain strong financial support from key stakeholders. In the case of SIA, its major shareholder Tamasic, and in the case of Cathay Pacific, the Hong Kong government saw Cathay Pacific's survival as important to protect Hong Kong's role as a global aviation hub. For issuers in the hospitality space, alternative revenue sources such as housing travellers under stay-home notices and healthcare workers and cost-cutting measures have provided some buffer. That being said, we expect their credit profiles to be weaker within 12 months and are likely to downgrade the issuer profiles of hospitality issuers under our coverage as we do not expect material progress to the reopening of international borders in the near term. Resurgence of the virus is likely to keep the volume of domestic travellers low as well, which means we do not expect their international assets to see fast recovery. The pandemic has also led to knock-on effects, including a contracting economy, widespread job losses, and cut in household incomes, leading the fallout to spread beyond airlines and hospitality. Even to sectors that traditionally have been considered as more defensive, for example, telecommunication companies. In the property sector, residential home sales were weak during the circuit breaker period. The ability for prospective buyers to decide on their purchase decisions have been hampered as show flats were not allowed to open, while other buyers may have preferred to wait and see due to an uncertain macro backdrop. Discounts have gotten more common, with certain projects offering more than a 6% discount. Bellwethers in the Singapore corporate space, Capitaland, City Development, Escort Residence Trust and Singapore Press Holdings have announced negative profit warnings 
with profits expected to reduce substantially year-on-year. The companies also expect to record revaluation losses when their investment properties get revalued at the end of the financial year. While occupancies at shopping malls have remained high, we've seen shops and restaurants in Singapore closing down and global retail brands who form the tenant base of shopping malls filing for debt restructuring. As of May 2020, retail sales have dropped for 16 months consecutively. While there are few pure retailers who issue sing bonds, the difficulties in the retail space would have a knock-on impact on property companies and real estate investment trusts, so your REITs who own retail properties. We think Singapore retail landlords have not faced the full fallout from the downturn, with businesses still buffered by the jobs support scheme and a moratorium on leases. So far, financial institution issuers in the Sing bond market have been relatively resilient compared to other economic sectors. Although large US-based banks, including Citibank, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America, who had announced their second quarter results this week, had allocated significant loan loss provisions in preparation for loan defaults down the road among households and business borrowers. Financial institutions have gone into the crisis with relatively strong capital buffers, and regulators were fast in providing support to encourage continuous lending. Going forward, regulatory oversight towards banks will be tightened, with increasing regulatory directives to limit or cancel shareholders' distributions, so dividends or share buybacks. The Monetary Authority of Singapore was the most recent to highlight the need for prudence in capital management. Despite strong fundamentals for Singapore's local banks, given the still uncertain scale of the economic impact from the virus. As workers were being quarantined and otherwise unable to work, we saw project execution delays among industries that are reliant on this labour source, especially the construction sector and shipyards. These sectors do not form a large part of the Singh bond market, although the operating performance of these sectors indirectly affect the credit health of their landlords and lenders. On the 3rd of July 2020, we saw Century Sunshine, a Hong Kong-listed fertilizer and magnesium company, becoming the first official default in the Sing corporate bond market. Another Sing bond issuer has commenced discussions with lenders to reprofile its debt. That being said, we do not expect defaults to be broad-based in the second half of 2020 and the first half of 2021, although we are closely monitoring issuers who we think are more vulnerable. This include issuers who face a higher debt burden, lower liquidity buffers, and higher refinancing risks in a more difficult refinancing market. Issuers who may struggle to return to the sing bond market for refinancing at acceptable costs are likely to face tighter financing conditions. Despite the doom and gloom on an industry level, the key in our view is to try our best to avoid investment landmines. In a highly challenging business environment, this means we stay vigilant on issuers with high financial risk. While certain sectors are structurally predisposed to higher financial risk, for example, those with high capex, not all issuers are created the same, with some more vulnerable than others, and knowing where to put our money to work is crucial in this environment. We hope you found this podcast useful and will continue updating listeners with our views on topical issues concerning both markets and issuers under our coverage. Thank you.
This has been a podcast from OCBC Bank. Follow us on Spotify for more episodes like the one you've just heard.